Cześć, mam na imię Owen. Jestem walicikiem, ale mieszkam w Anglii, a uczę się języka polskiego. Wysłuchacie The Fluent Show z doskonałą Kirsten Cable. Welcome to The Fluent Show. A podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and on this show we talk about anything, everything interesting to do with the world of learning another language. It could be any language at all and today I've got a question that I think will resonate with anyone learning any language ever. <laughs> Every other week on the show I do put aside a little bit of time to answer your listener questions and if you ever have a language learning question that is bugging you or you'd, you think it would be interesting to hear me talk about it on the show you can send it to me by email kirsten k-e-r-s-t-i-n at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can simply tweet it my way and the fluent show is on twitter under the handle at the fluent show I'm also on Instagram, where you can simply find me by using the hashtag TheFluentShow or my Instagram username is Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore Fluent. The Fluent Show is supported and sponsored by Live Lingua. So let's give them a shout out first. Learning a language, you know, I know, we know, is a bit of a journey. <laughs> it's, it's usually a journey that sort of seems to go around curves, mountains and various corners that we didn't expect. can be challenging, but ultimately it is one of the most rewarding experiences a person can have, in my opinion. The best way to reach your goal, whether that be a basic understanding or full-on fluency, is to activate your knowledge and build that speaking confidence early on. That's important. And finally, There is a way to do that online in a really simple way from the comfort of your home with support and with a curriculum all in place thanks to Live Lingua because they offer immersive online language lessons via Skype. Their instructors are native speakers of the language they teach and they work one-on-one -on -one with you via Skype to get you to the level that you need. I have tested Live Lingua myself. I'd had a Spanish lesson with a teacher who was incredibly well prepared, friendly, encouraging, just knew exactly what I needed. And she provided me with an assessment afterwards so I knew what she thought. She thought I was six out of ten, so I was very pleased. <laughs> And she also provided me with a language learning plan. So I knew okay, if I continue to the next class, here is what is happening next. That was extremely helpful for me. LiveLingua is not just available in Spanish. Their lessons are available in English, Spanish, French, German, Italian, Portuguese, Chinese, Japanese, Arabic, Russian and Korean. So it's quite a range and you don't even have to invest at all. They are offer every, every, ever, <laughs> every listener of the Fluent Show a free lesson so you can get your first lesson for free no obligation at all sign up for your trial lesson at livelingua.com slash fluent so that is livelingua.com slash fluent to sign up for a trial lesson in any of these 11 languages and that link also tells them i sent you or the fluent show sent you and lets them know that it's worthwhile being a sponsor of our show which we do hope 
Today, I am picking up a question that I'm picking up two questions from past shows, sort of focusing in on a different angle than how I spoke about it before. And those are the questions from Andy, who asked me something and it, the answer is in episode 94 where we talked about being overwhelmed in lessons and what to do when you feel that you are being you are being corrected a lot more than you would like to be corrected and then we saw a similar angle of this question pop up again with Simon from episode 102 who felt that there are all these mental blocks holding him back and robbing his confidence and here's how some of these questions may sound one was what are some good techniques for mastering the grammar of languages that have a lot of irregular words, like Russian, for example? Another one was, this is a description of how I think Simon felt. I'm always guessing at the endings for masculine, instrumental, plural nouns, for example, because many of the exceptions in the language, or just I've drilled them a thousand times, but they just will not stick in my mind for whatever reason. Why does, why does this grammar not stick in our minds? Irregular endings, regular endings, unusual words, conjunctions, uh, which tends to use when, para and por in Spanish, um, which words send the verb to the end in, in German. It's a, it's a crazy world out there. And there's, there's a lot of verb tables and grammar tables. And I mean, I'm just thinking of the, the German language. If you don't study German... I don't even know how to describe this to you, but we have about 32 different adjective case and plural variations, which in theory trigger different endings. In practice, they don't because a lot of the endings are similar and sometimes even the Germans get it wrong. But when you first look at those tables, whew, they are intimidating and it's so easy to run into your conversations and forget. So today I want to talk about memory, memorizing, when it's useful and how you can go about it. As I mentioned in episodes 94 and 102, often it turns out that trouble with your memory is not the biggest problem or the actual problem to focus on. It could be that, for example, you're doubting your skills. You, you're beginning to lose confidence as a result of making mistakes. Or you are getting overwhelmed by overly critical language partners or tutors, which, again, it robs your confidence. And that's where we can see the biggest problem with forgetting endings and getting endings and small things wrong. They are small things and they can have a relatively big impact on conversations and then they do rob your confidence. Now, it's not, in my opinion, that useful to memorize things when you want to prioritize speaking because no one fully conjugates a verb all through the pronouns perfectly right in a conversation. And if your brain is trained to to analyze a verb table and to only know, for example, nous sommes follows il est, in French, because you've learned them in this order and you can't think of new some on your feet, then in a conversation, you're not going to instantly become better. But memorizing these does make you more familiar with the sound. It makes you analyze them so much quicker because you go, oh, that's from that verb table. It gets you more used to the sounds of many words together because that's what many, especially verb tables are. 
and they do make you understand and write the language better. So memorizing is memorizing. It comes in super handy, but it's not going to stop you from making mistakes. So for example, in my target language, Welsh, this category of things I could memorize includes something called mutations. That's when the letter of a word changes because, I don't know, there's such a list, you know, the, the letter at the start of the word could change because there is a specific word before it that triggers this, a bit like, a, like cases. It could be because the word is feminine. It could be because, I don't even know, because it stands in a certain place in the sentence. Uh, the mutations are confusing and it's not even just what triggers them. There's three kinds and those mutations, three kinds of mutations, which in in those categories, one category I think has four, the other one has eight. So overall, adding everything up, I've got to memorize about 15, 16 different letter changes. Now, I don't get these right all the time, but I have never, never memorized them exactly. I used to have them on a little post-it, but I never stared at it thinking, must remember these. But I do know them and I know the concept of what is happening. I recognize them and I can repeat them very, very quickly and fix my errors very quickly because I straight away realize, oh, forgot the mutation. I've got to say it this way. So in other words, I've learned a tricky part of Welsh without really memorizing it in the way that many teachers will ask you to do in a lesson because they'll say oh the soft mutations that's when the t changes to a d and the c changes to a g g and this changes this changes this changes now which ones are they and you just parrot it back and to me from from my own experience that is not necessarily helpful because it doesn't help you speak a language however if i was to sit a formal exam or take a job in Wales where I have to do a lot of writing, I may want exactly those tables and, mem and mutations in front of me for quick reference. I wouldn't necessarily need to expect my brain to rattle them off. I could just have them near me on a piece of paper because I have time, because I'm writing. And then from the more and more I do that, it's going to get so much easier because if you keep repeating the same thing, eventually you remember it. This works for your phone number. This works just as well for a grammatical ending. So the trick here is repetition over time. I'm not really telling you anything new so far. <laughs> so for grammar and anything in grammar, any table that frustrates you, my tip is to know the purpose of your studies. Want to travel? Understand people? Have conversations? You could go for a year without drilling a single table. You are much better off starting to read about concepts, see the table, you know, spot the patterns, keep it simple. And the thing is, if you keep your regular contact, you keep your eye open, you forgive yourself for your own mistakes and fix them, trust me, you do not have to learn every rule because naturally your language, your target language uses the grammar of itself all the time, right? So you, it'll be easy to memorize this. You really can trust yourself and trust the process. You've just got to make a confident assumption. Be quick to correct your course.
That's how I teach, for example, German Uncovered, the course I've been working on with, with Ollie this year. It's a course that puts a story first, puts a story at the heart of what you're learning. And we're seeing it with the learners right now. You you start, you know, you work your way through this simplified German that, that you can roughly understand. You get some explanations from me along the way, but I don't explain every single thing straight away. So there's lots of mysteries in the text you know <laughs> and and I can see in the learners it it raises curiosity and when the explanation then comes and not when the table comes because really that course includes very few verb tables because you see everything in action already and then all I do at some point is go if you want to see it in an orderly way here it is but often I say if you want to see things in an orderly way like that just get yourself a grammar book don't feel you have to know everything in it they are there for reference. They are a reference tool. So that's how I teach myself, really, is I don't expect students to be able to reel off a lot of lists of things, etc. But I continuously make them aware. Now, if you want to pass an exam, go to university, write regular postcards to your German in-laws, you will need to get this right. So again, that's where the reference comes in. So here's the difference. Speaking requires quick recall, recall, agile thinking. Writing requires attention to detail. The other benefit that you get out of memorizing and recalling correct grammar structures is that you, your confidence really does grow because you'll be just on top of a concept. My rule of thumb for you is to understand the concept and learn the details, memorize the details on a need-to-know basis. That's what I often say about grammar. It's, it's need to know. But when you need to know, you need, you really do need to know. <laughs> Vocab and grammar study techniques. Let's talk about them for a minute. They can be very, very handy for studying tables and grammar because once you have the information simplified, for example, in a table, it becomes all about the memorizing technique. And sometimes I do like to memorize and sometimes it is... The thing that you need because you're about to go for an exam. So whether it's a list of phrases or it's a list of vocabulary words, you know, we've got a lot of technology to help us, or whether it is a bigger thing like a concept. I've got an old school way of doing this. Not no technology, because when I went to school I didn't have apps, so I, I had to somehow get things in my brain. And this is I'd I'd like to share it with you. So here is how I memorize if I really need to do it. Number one, organize your information. So you have, to, you have to have in front of you exactly what it is that you'll really need to recall. And in organizing, I would say reduce, 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 reduce. You probably need to recall only about half of what you think you need. Either because your brain will fill in the gaps by association and you'll have remembered more than you thought... Or because really in that situation, if it is an exam type of situation, think what think what the critical amount is that you need, right? Don't don't aim for perfection because why? <laughs> so say you have you have organized your information. You've got a list of twelve items, so maybe two irregular verbs going through the the six most common pronouns. So you choose what exactly you want to memorize and say, okay, I want to memorize these two tables. And really imagine yourself using that knowledge. Imagine yourself how you will use it. 
I'll tell you a trick um, in a second of how I how I use these things or how I used to use them when I had exams. And then number three is memorize. There are lots of techniques and I have written, I would recommend to you, I've written about this in my little book, the Vocab Cookbook, where I am sharing recipes, so to say, various different ways that you can go about memorizing vocabulary and there's a chapter in there that goes more into detail about grammatical tables as well. You want to, for example, say what you're learning out loud so you get a rhythm and you almost create you create a memory of what you're saying in your head. It really works and I think if it's you saying it rather than you're listening to somebody reading out a verb table to you, there's another level of activation happening. Number two, apply it even if you just write it out in a note, but for example, if it's two verb tables, you do want to apply it in your head and just think, okay, say you've got um, the French irregular verb aller, first verb, je vais. So you don't just say je vais, and then you go, je vais, tu vas, il va, blah, blah, blah. You go, je vais à l'école, je vais au travail, um, je vais comprendre, or whatever it is, right? So you just add your little thing and then you go, tu fais comprendre, ah, toi aussi, ah, il va comprendre, oui, lui aussi, lui aussi, lui aussi, I can't speak French anymore. You just kind of want to really apply it and kind of put it together that way. Now, for me personally, there is absolutely nothing that beats a sticky note. Nothing. Right now, I know the Chinese word for lamp because I stuck a, I stuck a little note on my lamp that says lamp <laughs> in Chinese. That is the only way to I, I remember what this is. And I learned how to memorize extremely well because when there is a lot to remember, you know, not just, oh, the word for lamp is this. Oh, the word for toothbrush is this. When there is a lot to remember and with grammar tables, often we have exactly that problem. We've got an overwhelm of information. You only have a post-it note of space. It forces you to condense that information right down, which then forces you to really look at it and go, how can I most easily simplify this? What is the simplest thing I can remember? And once you, once you get into the habit of re really simplifying things down to, to as, as clear as you can make them, and maybe that is just, you know, endings. You just you just have endings. So you've got really all your memorizing. If you take just the verb stem out, it's often just um, two letters here, two letters here, two letters here, three letters here, etc. And that is that is the way to do it. Now you you might you may be noticing I'm not talking I'm I'm talking very much European languages and European grammar. I am less of a and I mean, luckily, German is, is complicated and I've taught German. So I can I can think of many permutations, but I haven't studied many other languages characters. But again, when I learned uh, Russian, I did learn the Cyrillic alphabet. And that's obviously not as complex as, as Chinese. But what helps what helped me was to apply them and to just, again, go about them. In, without a forcing myself to memorize. But if I want to memorize, I can. So the rule of memorizing that I really want you to be aware of is if you are memorizing things, you, you know, you're condensing down that information and you've got, say, 20 German presidents, that you have to remember all the names of them. So, so what you can really do is just like, instead of remembering 
this is I'm gonna uh, reveal my my loss here. But it's like Adenauer, Schmidt, Brand, Kohl, Merkel. Or I've forgotten about three people in between. But if you all if if you want to remember that list, yeah, you can remember each of their individual names, or you could remember A D S C B R K O M E. And then write that out, play with it, and see if there's a way that you can make that into its own word. Where all you have to remember now is one word, write it out, and then you almost, it's like a zip file in your brain. You're unpacking that zip, and you're going, oh, okay, the K-O was cool. The M-E was Merkel. Because that little nudge of the first two letters is often enough to help you remember more. So that is, that is how I remember lists or really things where I absolutely cannot escape cramming them. Having said that, none of those, as you can just tell, have really stuck over, over the years. So you've got to know the difference between cramming and acquiring something that really, really sticks with you. And I think that can only be, that can only be attained through repetition. And remember at Women in Language, we had a, um, we had a, researcher who had been looking into memory and how people particularly how people recall conversations and it was it was quite shocking because the, the statistics she had basically show us that uh, we are rubbish at remembering we think we're way better than we are but we're rubbish at remembering detail so use your other skill that you have as a human being which is your skill of understanding a concept and we asked I asked her um, I think there was a question as well from the audience. So I got to ask her, so you as a as a scientist who knows how memory works, how are we supposed to do it? You know, what works best? And it was time and repetition over again. So on balance, it is your choice whether you want to memorize, whether you want to cram tables or not. And sometimes that is the most useful thing you can do. Because you might not even need that table in a year, but it makes you feel confident right now. And you can honor and respect that desire inside of you. I think that's correct. You do not need to do it. Neither way of whether you memorize it or not will damage your language learning skill. So don't let anybody tell you to, to do otherwise, that learning a table will ruin you. What will cause you damage is when you can't recall the table perfectly in a fast-paced conversation and you start feeling bad about yourself. Lack of confidence, lack of discipline and ultimately a lack of the will to learn or losing that will to learn is the most damaging thing that you can do in language learning. So here is my final rule of thumb. Let me just recap the other ones for you. Uh, the first rule of thumb is that speaking requires recall, agile thinking, whereas writing requires attention to detail. Recognize they're different. Second one, understand the concepts. Learn the details on a need-to-know basis. Fourth one, know the difference between cramming and acquiring. And here is my last one. Aim to make mistakes and be understood, not to be perfect and remain silent. So that was my little podcast excursus, podcast uh, dive into memorizing, how to memorize and whether it's always sensible to really think you need to know every grammar table, if the reason you're learning the language is to practice it and if you've got time and exposure to, to understand it. So I think by all means you've got to be familiar with those 
does grammatic table. You have to understand what is happening in the language, but you don't have to have that. My French teacher used to say to me, if I wake you up at three in the morning, I want you to be able to conjugate aller. You don't actually need that. Turns out, Madame Perrault, I'm just fine. <laughs> That's it from me for the Fluent Show today. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the show in general, please send me some feedback. You can send feedback by reviewing us, giving us some stars on Apple Podcasts. You can email your ideas, opinions, questions, guest suggestions to the show. That is Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N at fluentlanguage.co.uk or tweet it to at The Fluent Show. I'll see you next week when we will be talking about tattoos. Goodbye.